Let's get into the Word today. Now, we've been taking another look at grace. Now, we really can't take a look at grace apart from taking a look at being receptors of the Word. We've got to receive the Word in order to receive the grace that comes with it. We've been reading Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, the last several weeks. We'll begin there tonight. The Bible says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them, the words, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, the words, in the midst of thine heart. For they, the words, are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now we understand that the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. We're talking about the words of God. We read from this passage of Scripture that the words of God, they are our life. The Word is our life. Not like our life, it is life. The Word is life. So we know that it is the Word that we find from that passage. The Word that we find is life and it is health. We must find the Word. Listen to what it said. It said, For they are life to those that find them, and health to all their flesh. So we must find it. Okay, The word found is the word that's received. Not just having heard it once or twice, but we must find it. We must receive it. We must accept the word that we've heard as being the word of God. The word received is the word believed. I believe it. I receive it in my heart, and I believe it to be the final authority. Okay? That is the word from which faith is derived. The word we receive is the word that, that we get that, that we derive faith from. After all, we know from Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we hear the word, we receive the word, and that word becomes faith in us. Listen to this verse. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. This verse changed my life many years ago. The Bible says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Now listen to what he said. He's saying that receiving the word releases its power into our lives. The word works effectually when it's received and believed as the word of God. When I take my Bible and I read it and I meditate in it and I receive it as being the word of God, faith rises up in me and I'm convinced that the word is true. I know that what God has said is true. All right? We talked some time ago, or a couple of weeks ago, about this the passage in Luke 5 when Jesus was teaching to a group of Pharisees and doctors of the law. And the Bible says that the, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The them referring to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. That's in Luke 5, 17. It, it, but there's no record in the Bible or any kind of indication that any of them, the doctors of the law and the Pharisees, there's no record of any of them being healed. The only one that got healed in the passage that we know of was the man that was lowered through the roof. 
In other words, they refused to receive the power that was present. The power was present. The power of the Lord was present, but they didn't receive it. The one who received it was the man lowered through the roof. Now listen to this passage, and this is pretty familiar to you, out of Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 25. And it says, And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Man, she had all that money, spent it on the doctors, never got better, just got worse and worse. Verse 27, And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, now this is what she's been saying, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Now this is, as I've already said, is a very familiar passage of Scripture. The woman had obviously received the word that she had heard, and that is evidenced by her confession of healing when she's saying, if I can only touch his clothes, all I got to do is touch his clothes. Other, uh, other versions, not other versions, but other, other uh, gospels that tell the story, she says she touched the hem of his garment, which is the very bottom. She said, if I can just get to the hem of his garment, I don't have to grab him by the arm. I don't have to do anything. I just got to touch his clothes. And she received what she heard. Obviously, she heard that there's healing power in Jesus and that if you get to Jesus, you get healed. And she heard that. She received that. And that was her confession. So she reaches out. She fights through the crowd. And, and the Bible says there was a throng. I mean, there's, there's, there's a, there is a, a press, a throng of people, a multitude of people. You know, a thousand people or so. And they're thronging around Jesus. They're pressing into Jesus. They're all around. And she fights through that throng of people. She touches his hem of garment, the hem of his garment. And Jesus stops and turns and says, Who touched me? Hundreds of people were touching Jesus. I mean, they're touching him. They're pushing. They're shoving to get in his presence. They're touching him from every side. And, 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 and you'd think here that among this big press, this throng of people, this multitude of people, you'd think there'd be many sick people. But here's the deal. Only one of them tapped into the power of the healing virtue that came from Jesus. All of them were around him. This woman had received the word. She had believed the word. And she came to the place where she touched the hem of his garment and when she did, she received healing virtue. And Jesus turns and says, who touched me? And here's the deal. Her reception or her belief in the word allowed her to receive the grace of healing into her body. There's grace. Healing is a part of grace, you understand. And we understand grace, and we'll talk more about, about the word here in a few minutes and about what faith does and how it operates in that. But there's grace for healing. 
All right? She, she's the only one that got it. She became what I would call a conductor of the healing power. In other words, when the healing power got to her, it didn't just stop at the edge. It came all the way through her. And she conducted healing into her body. Now, here, here's my question. When was the power present to heal in that story? When was the power present to heal in Jesus? When was that power present? Remember, Jesus was teaching the Pharisees, and the Bible says the power of the Lord was present to heal. In this story, when, when did that happen? When was the power of the Lord present to heal? Was the power only present when the lady touched him? I don't think that's true, because if that was true, Jesus would have said, you got here just the right time. The miracle was that you touched me at just the moment the power to heal came. No, that wasn't it. When was the power present to heal in Jesus? When did that come about? When did it happen? I'll tell you when it came about. At his baptism, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. He had never done a miracle before that, and all the miracles came after that. Once he once the Spirit of God came upon him, now the power was present. So the power to heal was present the whole time. Jesus was being thronged by that multitude, but it was only released when this woman conducted it by her faith. Well, that's not, you know, that, that can't be right. Well, that is right. That's what Jesus said. He said, your faith hath made you whole. Your faith is what made you whole. Your faith. See, he said, you, you received the word to the degree that you believed it, and it was that that made you whole. If it would have been something different, he would have said it. He would have said, oh, my power made you whole. Well, we know it was the power of God. We understand that. But what caused the power of God to come into her and heal her when others weren't being healed? It was because she believed. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that we are saved by grace. Is that all it says? No, it says we're saved by grace through faith. We're saved by grace through faith. Now, it's interesting. The word saved in that passage, saved by grace, is the same Greek word as the one used for made thee whole in Mark chapter 5. It could have been translated, your faith has saved you. In fact, in other passages, it is translated exactly that way. Your faith has saved you. The woman with the issue of, not the woman with the issue of, but the sinful woman who washed Jesus' feet with her tears, Jesus said to her, your faith has saved you. In other words, it, it relieved her of her sins. Here, the same word is used when Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Same thing when Jesus spoke to blind Bartimaeus. Your faith has made you whole. Understanding that, that salvation and, and being whole to Jesus were exactly the same thing because he, the same Greek word is used. The Greek word is sozo. We'll look at that more in a few minutes if we can get to it. But Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has saved you. Ephesians says that we're saved by grace, through faith. See, grace comes to us through faith. The healing virtue that came to this woman was a part of the grace of God to set her free from that infirmity she had had all those years. It was a part of the grace of God, and it came to her in the power to heal her. It came by faith. The same way all salvation from God comes to every single man. Faith, we understand, is the channel for grace. 
It's the channel for God's power. It's the channel for God's empowerment in our lives for the favor of God to do what God's will needs to be done. This woman was a conductor of that grace by her faith. She conducted it. Now that's a pretty important thing for us to know when we're talking about grace. We're talking about taking this extra look at grace, understanding that grace isn't some ethereal thing that's out there that you just accidentally run into sometimes. Grace, as we talked about last week, is something we must find, and when we find it, we must conduct it. It must flow. See, just thinking in the natural realm, some things conduct electricity better than others. Just some things are better conductors. See, to keep us from receiving the voltage of electricity... In just everyday lives, the conductors of electricity are insulated so that the power will not escape. See, this room is surrounded by electricity. I mean, there's electricity everywhere, but it's not arcing and it's not being received by anything but the items in which the conductors allow it and the insulation prevents it from all other things. The problem with many Christians is they're insulated from grace. They're insulated from the power of God. They're insulated from the healing virtue. They're insulated from the favor in their everyday life. They're insulated because sometimes religion provides an insulation that says you can't get to it because you haven't been good enough or because of this or because of that or because, you know, you you just never know what the will of God might be. You see, we don't need to be insulated from God. We need to be connected to God. There are conductors and there are resistors to electricity. Some things will conduct it. Some things will resist it. Rubber resists it. Wood resists it. Those are resistors. But things like copper, silver, gold, those are conductors of electricity. I mean, they'll receive it in us in just a split instant. See, we don't want to be we don't want to be people who resist the power, who resist the grace. We want to be receptors. We want to be conductors of God's grace. Oh my goodness, my goodness. You see, there are conductors. And then there are what we know in science as superconductors. <laughs> now there we go. That's what I want to be. I want to be a superconductor of his grace. A superconductor of his favor. I want it to flow and flow without any resistance. A conductor of electricity is something that has low resistance. A superconductor has no resistance. For example, when copper or lead or sulfur are cooled to just the right temperature, they become a superconductor. And there is absolutely no resistance. Brethren, we need to learn what we need what to receive, and we need to learn what to resist. The scripture says that we must resist the devil, and we're to resist him at anything that disagrees with the word of God. We resist it, no matter how much sense it makes, no matter how good we think it may feel at the moment, we must resist anything from the devil, anything that contradicts the word of God. Anything, anything. But we must receive. We must conduct the Word and the Holy Spirit. Ooh, my, 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 my. We've got to be conductors. We must be like this woman with the issue of blood and conduct the power of God that is already present. 
Listen, it's not something that might show up one day. It's present now. Just like the electricity in the room is present, it's everywhere. We must become conductors of it. It's already there. It's always been there, the power of God. Listen, the power of electricity was present long before Ben Franklin flew his kite. But it was then, at that point, that he discovered how to receive it and how to receive the benefit from it. We need to learn how to be conductors of grace. God's grace comes to us by faith. We found that out. Last week we discovered that the grace of God is the favor of God. The word for grace is the word for favor. We discovered that last week. We discovered last week that this favor must be found. We saw that Noah found grace. We saw that Mary found grace or found favor because it's the same word. The power of God, grace of God, the favor of God flows only where it's received. Listen, it's not something that that just is happenstance. It, It flows where it's received. It flows where there's a conductor. The power of God, the grace of God, the favor of God is present right now. And we must become conductors of more and more of it. God wants us to flow. God wants us to be in the grace. He wants us to be conductors of grace. Now we read this passage last week too. John chapter 1 verse 14. The Bible says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We discovered last time, or the time before, that Jesus was full of grace, full of the favor of God. Verse 15 says, John bare witness of Him, crying, and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. In verse 16, And out of his fullness, what's he full of? Grace and truth. Out of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. What Jesus was full of, we have received. Verse, the Amplified says this, verse 16, For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Now we looked at this last week and we discovered that's talking about layers of it. Layers of grace. Layers of favor. One after the other. Listen, our lives ought to be receptors of one grace after another. Doesn't mean that everything is easy. Doesn't mean there's never a trial. Doesn't mean that at all. Doesn't mean that I get everything that my selfish personality wants. It means, though, that I am receiving, conducting the favor of God one after the other, after the other, after the other. More than just getting born again, walking in this favor, walking in the supernatural grace of God. Layers of it. We ought to be going from one layer to another layer of grace. One layer to another layer of favor. You see, there's more than just the grace to get born again. There's After that, there's the grace for healing. There's the grace for recovery from whatever it is that you have to recover from. There's the grace for whatever you're facing in your life. Listen, we should step out of where we are into another grace, another place of favor. 
Ephesians 5, 2 verse 8. We said this before. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Grace comes from God. There's no way I can manufacture it. I can't even earn it. I simply have to receive it. It's God's gift. The, the, word, the word for favor, the word for grace has to do with a gift has to do with graciousness, has to do with something bestowed. I can't earn it. I have to receive it, though. You see, it's, it's not something that I can ignore. I simply receive it from God. It's The word is the word for favor in the New Testament. Grace, favor, the, the, the root word has to do with joy, being happy, being well off, being well is what the root word has to do with, but it's talking about the favor of God. The favor of God. Not something that we've deserved. Not something we've earned. It comes as a gift and I simply have to receive it. His favor is upon me. Favor. We're saved by God's favor. Saved by grace. The Bible teaches that we live by the favor of God. Man, I tell you, this is powerful stuff and we've got to receive it. We've got to become conductors so we can, so it doesn't end outside of us, so it doesn't end with our mind, but by our faith that comes out of our spirit, I mean we receive it, we conduct it in every area of our lives. My goodness gracious. We not only have favor, but it's the will of God for us to have more and more favor. He wants it to be more and more. Here's the purpose of faith. You ready for it? To get to the grace to get to the favor so that God's perfect will can be done in our lives. God's plan is what we're after. God's purpose in the earth is what we're after. God, See, faith, man, it may not get me what I want, and it will ultimately, but it gets what God wants. It releases His favor. It is the channel through which His grace can operate so His perfect will can always be done. As we said, the word for saved, we're saved by grace through faith, is sozo. The word sozo, it literally means to save. It means to deliver. It means to protect, to heal, to preserve, to save, to do well, to be or make whole. Think about that. It's talking about the new birth and then some. Think about it. It says that we are delivered by favor through faith. We're protected. I love it. In the time in which we live, we need to be tapping into the favor of God because we're protected by grace, protected by favor. Through faith, faith is the channel. Faith is what's going to bring it. We'll talk maybe about what faith is. See, faith is not just, just some, something, some feeling that we have. Faith, oh man, faith is giving absolute credence to something. Faith Faith is is knowing for a fact that what has been said to us is true and will change everything. It's submitting to the reality of what has been said. Faith is what we must recognize. Faith is is, is where we receive that. See, we're talking about that. So we're going to look at this just a little bit more tonight. Without favor, without God's favor, We couldn't even bring our hands to our face. We couldn't stand up in the morning. It's his favor. His favor brings us life. His favor sustains us. And we saw last week that we are highly favored. 
or extremely graced is what it could say. Not just regular grace, extreme grace. In other words, there are levels of grace that we can experience. New levels of favor, new levels of grace. We discovered last week that we are his favorites. Now let's look at this passage of scripture. Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 29. Acts 4, 29. Here's what the Bible says. They're praying, and the apostles are praying, and all the churches with them, they're all praying together. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants. Now, what had happened before is they had gone, and the guy at the, at the, at the beautiful gate got healed. You remember? And when Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Well, they got in trouble for it. The guy got healed, and Peter and John got in all kinds of trouble because they got the guy healed. All right, and they said, don't do it. Don't you dare preach and teach in that name. We're going to let you go, but don't do it. Now look what their prayer is. They said, behold their threatenings, grant to thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. Just what they told them not to do. They said, Lord, give us some more of that. Give us more of that right there by stretching forth thine hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Now that's interesting because they told them not to do it anymore. And they're doing it now with boldness. And the multitude, multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And listen to this. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any of them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the pieces of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Now this is a powerful story. I mean, man, they said, they said, you know what, God? They're threatening us, but we want the power. We want God for you to come on down and keep doing what you did for that guy. So I want you to take note of one thing here as we read this passage. No one lacked anything. <laughs> That's something. They had great grace on all of them. And nobody lacked a thing. The people took care of one another. Now, they weren't mandated by the government nor the church. They weren't mandated to sell. They weren't mandated to give anything. They weren't taxed into it. They did it of their own free will. They gave because they were led of the Lord to give. No one said you have to. They just did it because they wanted to. The church wasn't then, shouldn't be now, a socialistic or communistic group. They loved one another. They had relationship with one another. And because of that, they gave accordingly. Ooh, man. So they were beaten they prayed for boldness, so they keep doing what they were beaten for. And so that guy got healed. They said, we want some more of that. But I want you to notice, it says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Oh my, I like this. The Amplified Bible says it this way, And great grace, loving kindness, and favor, and goodwill, rested richly upon them all. <laughs> Don't you like that? Great grace 
was upon them. Great grace. They were conductors of great grace. The word great here literally comes from the Greek word megas. Mega grace is what they had. Big grace. They became conductors of mega grace. Not regular grace. Mega grace. I mean, it wasn't just regular. It was big. It was great grace that was accompanied by great power. That's why nobody lacked anything. It was the favor of God. It was great favor. I mean, they were conducting the favor of God throughout the congregation. It was flowing through them. They had become basically superconductors, and there was no resistance to the favor of God in every area of their lives. The Holy Spirit was leading this one to sell it and give it to this one, and that one was blessed, and nobody lacked anything because of the great grace, the great favor. They were conductors of mega grace is what was happening to them. The great grace was upon them all. I love it. Everybody in the church had this great grace on them. Their needs to be today a release of great favor on all of us. We need to be, begin, begin to be people who are receptors, conductors of God's favor, that it would come to us and go through us and that we'll conduct it not just into our lives, but into the lives of our brothers and sisters around us. And the, and the brothers and sisters don't need to resist it. They need to receive this great favor. Great grace was upon them. Oh, I love that. It came upon them. There are degrees of grace, and it comes upon you. Man, there's grace, and there's great grace. And we're to be conductors of this great grace. Let's pray together. Father, tonight we thank you for grace that is beyond what we can understand. Favor that is opening doors. Favor that is moving in our behalf in ways that we've never experienced before. Lord, we want to make a confession tonight that we are the conductors of favor. Lord, that we're not insulated from the favor. Lord, that we're not resistors of the favor. But God, we're conductors of it. We believe it flows to us. And it flows through us. And that your kingdom is benefited. That God, we believe by faith that we have the grace, Lord God, so that it not only comes to us and through us, but that your kingdom is established. That you get exactly what you want. Father God, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for your favor. In Jesus' name, amen.